Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day, this opportunity to freely gather here and worship you. And as we are here gathered to worship you, may you speak into our hearts and minds and lives that which you have for us this day and each day. And may my words be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. This week we begin a new series. We're going to look over the next seven weeks at six of the Minor Prophets. The Minor Prophets are those shorter books of the Bible, these prophets who spoke God's word in their culture. And certainly their words are important to us, good for us, as we seek to understand the scripture, as we seek to continue to hear God's voice in a time when perhaps we could use more prophets in our church and in our lives today. Jonah, of course, is an interesting story. It's an interesting story to start with. It should be a familiar one to you. Uh, many of us remember the story. You may have heard it in Sunday school. You may have heard it in church. You may have even heard it other places. It's an interesting story for us. And just as a kind of a quick review of the, of the story of Jonah, Jonah uh, was called by God to go preach to Nineveh. And instead of doing that, he went and ran away and set sail on a ship. And when that happened, a big storm came up. Uh, his plan was disrupted, if you will, and, and then, of course, we know the story, Jonah's sleeping, and so then, and then the sailors realize that Jonah is the problem, and so Jonah is thrown overboard into the sea, and the sea is calmed, and Jonah is swallowed up by a big fish, where he is for three days and three nights, and eventually, in the roundabout way, makes his way to Nineveh, where he does, at a distance, and perhaps half-heartedly, uh, do as God had originally asked him. This story has so much for us. It's a story that has much to teach us. It reminds us of God's compassion for us. It also reminds us that we are to seek God's plan and not ask and expect God to seek our plan. It reminds us that those two plans, our plan and God's plan, are often different that God will not yield to our plans, but we should be a people who yield to God's plans. But there's a lot more here as well. Again, it begins with God telling Jonah to go to Nineveh. In this story, in this book of the Bible, God is the protagonist. It's God who initiates. And he tells him again, he tells him to go to Nineveh. And here's the problem with this. Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh. Nineveh is not a good place. Certainly it's an important city. But it's not the place where people want to go. There's a lot of bad things happening there. They weren't really good people. Lots of sinners. Lots of ugly things happening there. It was not a desirable place for any good God-fearing person would want to go, would want to be a part of. Kind of like Texas, but worse. <laughs> but, but really, what's happening here is, is, is God's asking Jonah to do something he doesn't want to do, to go to a place that he thinks doesn't deserve God's compassion, to a place that he doesn't think perhaps is worth it. Jonah feels entitled and doesn't feel he should have to do that, that maybe they don't deserve it, that it's a bad place, that maybe they won't hear it. Whatever Jonah's reason, Jonah's not going to listen. He's, he's too good to go to this Nineveh. 
He's completely closed-minded to this. And the truth of this passage for us today is that I don't know that we're a lot different than Jonah. I don't know that I'm always a lot different than Jonah. You see, we all have our Ninevehs. We all have those places, or perhaps, better yet, those people. You see, the truth is, is, as harsh as that sounds, I don't always think we're honest with ourselves about our judgment or our lack of compassion on those people. That there are people that we wouldn't go to, places we wouldn't go to if God sent us. That there are perhaps people that we don't feel can hear about God's compassion. Maybe we don't want them to hear about God's compassion. Maybe we don't feel they deserve God's compassion. But the truth of the scriptures, the truth of history, the truth of God's grace is that God always seems to be on the side of those who are not in alignment with his desires, not in alignment with his commandments. This is God's compassion. You see, Jonah is not just a story about plans and obedience. It's a story about God's compassion. And that perhaps might be the message that we need to hear. Who, where is your Nineveh? Who is your Nineveh? Who are those people that God shows compassion to that you struggle to show compassion to? Is it prostitutes, lawbreakers, people of a different race, gender, sexuality, people of a different philosophy, religion, denomination? Is it Democrats or Republicans or the poor or the immigrants or New England Patriots fans? Who are those people? Those people that you know in your heart of hearts, you know from understanding God's grace, you know from the scripture that God has compassion for, that they get God's compassion, but maybe not yours. The truth is, we all love to receive God's compassion, but when certain people or groups get it, we're frustrated. But God's compassion is so much bigger than that. You see, Jonah has a lot of issues with Nineveh. And one of those issues is the people in Nineveh are of a different race. So it's not just their sin, it's also their race that Jonah has a problem with. And so racism is not a new problem. And of course, if we think that that's gone away here or in the world, I think we are at the very least naive. And so Jonah, even in his escape, he plans to run away from God. Bad strategy, by the way. Dan kind of highlighted that. Bad strategy. So Jonah does exactly the opposite of what God tells him to do. He says, go to these people, these bad people, these people of a different race, these people that you don't think deserve it, that you don't want to waste your time and breath on. And he goes. And he goes and he sits on the ship, but just not any ship. He goes out of his way to go to a city that has sailors that are like him, these kind of Hebrew sailors. They're not as religious as he is, but they're these Hebrew sailors. He doesn't go to the closer place where he has the sailors that he doesn't like that are not the right kind of people. And he gets on the boat, and, and they, of course, they set sail. Now, understand, these sailors that Jonah sought out are actually not experienced sailors. He didn't, ex he didn't seek out the closer, more experienced sailors to, to where he was. Instead, he sought to go to the people like him. And they weren't as good of sailors. And so, of course, a big storm comes up. 
And understand this. God interrupts Jonah's plan. Now, I don't believe, and, and, and I don't think that the scripture says that every time we disobey God or go against God's plan, that God will upset the whole world, will throw a sea at us. But it does happen sometimes. And it certainly happens here to Jonah. Understand that God has a plan for us because that plan is what's best for us and what's best for the world. And that God loves us and has compassion for us when we live outside that plan. But the best life is found in that plan. And every once in a while we have a Jonah moment. I've had some Jonah moments where going outside of God's plan, it felt like a big old sea a coming. But what's happening when, when the, the sea is coming, and we're talking about this in Bible study, this would not have been a comfortable time as the, the sea were crashing up against this boat. Where is Jonah? He's asleep. Deep sleep. I mean, really, no conscience, this guy, right? I mean, a total deep sleep in the midst of ignoring God, in the midst of judging these people that God has said he loves and wants to hear his word. Jonah's in a deep sleep, and the boat is being tossed about, and of course, they're throwing everything off. They're trying to do anything to lighten the boat, to please God. And it says they prayed out to all their gods. It was the Hail Mary of prayers. Pray to whatever you can pray, to whomever you can pray. We've got to stop this. And so they pray, and they pray, and they pray. And they realize Jonah's downstairs asleep. How he slept in these conditions, I don't know. How he slept knowing that he had blatantly run from God, disobeyed God, I don't know. That's foreign to my own experience. So finally Jonah comes up, and they realize, wait a minute, we think we found the source of the problem. And so they ask Jonah to pray, and Jonah explains to them who he is and who their God is. And Jonah volunteers to be thrown over the ship. He volunteers to give up his own life. Now, we might think that this is a great noble act. Good Jonah. All right, you're, you're making your wrong right. And that's probably true. But I also kind of begin to see this as another way out. Well, if I'm dead, I don't have to go to Nineveh. I don't have to go to those people, to that place. And so he says, throw me over the boat, the sea will stop. And now understand, these irreligious people, they don't even want to do it. The funny thing about the story of Jonah and a lot of the scripture, and perhaps even today, it's the irreligious that get it and the religious don't. And we've got to pay attention to that. That ought to convict us. That ought to help us to think differently about how we view faith and how we view this God of grace and mercy and compassion. So they, they, they don't want to do it. They feel bad. And the first thing that they do when they throw him overboard is they apologize to God. And Jonah lands in the water and the sea stops. You know what happens then? These sailors find this God of the universe. Instead of all those gods that they've been praying to, they found this one God. So even in the midst of Jonah's disobedience, even in the midst of a big storm, even in the midst of Jonah continuing to run away, God brings people to himself. You see, the truth is, staying outside of God's plan doesn't just affect us, it affects others. The truth is, the people that have helped me to come to know Jesus and understand Jesus, if they had ignored God's plan, what would be of me? The people that raised you in faith, the people that pointed you to the God of the universe, what if they had not been faithful to that plan? 
What if, back in my high school years, the other high schoolers and the youth leaders had looked at me and said, Nineveh, those people. You see, the story has so much for us, the story of Jonah. And here is God. See, God's not finished yet. These sailors come to know the God of the universe. And Jonah is swallowed by a big fish. Not to be eaten, not to be punished, not to be admonished, but for protection from the sea. And of course, in foreshadowing to our Lord Jesus Christ, we have Jonah in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. But Jonah is given another chance. Perhaps a second or a third chance, depending on what you're counting and how you're counting. A second or a third chance to go to Nineveh. But more importantly, to be in God's plan. And perhaps even more importantly to, than that, to be compassion to people that God has compassion for. Even if we don't want to do it, even if we don't think they'll hear it, even if we don't think that they deserve it, even if it makes us uncomfortable. And so Jonah is given this other chance to go and to be compassion. A God of surprises. A God of second chances. A God who reminds us that perhaps we don't always deserve his compassion, his grace. Jonah didn't. Blatant disobedience. I'm too good for what you have for me, God. I don't like those people. They're too bad. They're the wrong type. They're in the wrong place. And yet God is compassionate. God gives Jonah another chance. A chance which he responds to in the end half-heartedly. That in the end, Jonah doesn't really get it. You know, the, the story is Jonah standing on a hill preaching at a distance. He still doesn't want to get close to those people. Because they're too bad. They're too unworthy. They're not the right kind of people. You see, the truth is sometimes I'm Jonah. The truth is that we all are sometimes Jonah. We have our Ninevehs. We have our those people, which is well and good until we realize that we very well could be those people as well. And I'm thankful that God looks at me, that God looks at us, that God looks at the world with compassion instead of the way that Jonah looked at the world. See, God speaks to us through this prophet. That in the story, the most religious person in the story never quite gets it. But all along the way, the irreligious get, irreligious get it. So much so that Christ in the gospel says, it will be those people of Nineveh that are standing there at the pearly gates when we come into the kingdom. Those people... Those will be the ones standing at the gate in the kingdom when we come. And will we have been a people of compassion, of God's compassion, when we didn't agree, when we didn't like it, when it was hard, when we didn't think it would be heard, when it wasn't deserved? 
Because the great news of God's grace and compassion is it's not deserved. And we get it anyway. And it's not just for us. It's for everyone. You see, Jonah was saved for a purpose. See, God has saved us for a purpose. God has for us a purpose. And a big part of that purpose is to be a people of compassion. Not just to those that we agree with or are comfortable with or are like us, but perhaps to Nineveh. Even to New England Patriots fans. God calls us to be compassionate to all people, no matter what. And if the church of Jesus Christ were to look like that in the world today, I think that this world that we complain about and groan about would be a very different place. A very different place. We have a purpose. Jonah has something to teach us. It has nothing to do with a fish. We serve a compassionate God who calls us to compassion. And so when we struggle to yield to God's plan, those are probably the moments when we most need to yield. When we struggle to show compassion, that's probably the time when we most need to show compassion. Because God has saved us for a purpose. God has given us the story of Jonah for a purpose. That we would recognize how big God's compassion is. Even in the midst of our compassion being narrow and small. And that we would be a people that would have a compassion on everyone. No matter what. Because that's the God that we serve. That's the God who saved us. That's the God who loves us. So I'm thankful for this story of Jonah because it reminded me of something that is easy to forget. That we're to be a people of compassion to those people, to all people. Not just our people, but to the Nineveh out there. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day, this chance to freely gather here and worship you, and for this story of Jonah. God, that it reminds us of your compassion which sometimes seems unfair and unjust, and yet you call us too to be a people of compassion. As you've showed us deep compassion and love and grace, may we be a people who show deep compassion and love and grace to everyone, to those that we're uncomfortable with, to those we disagree with, to those that disturb, disgust, frustrate us, to those that we think won't even hear it. God, help us to see all people the way that you see them to go to the Ninevehs and to the people that you call us to go to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stay.